Being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a four barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of drive radio brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, we are back. Myself, Steve Horvath, Geno's Auto Service. From uh, over in the Littleton area, by the way, Bowles and Platte Canyon is where he's located. Steve, real quick, why don't you give everybody your phone number? We didn't do that in the first hour, and I should have done that. Oh, sure. 303-794-6700. And somebody asked me, too, what battery charger did I buy? Well, there's a Schumacher, which I didn't realize that DSR, that's the, the, you know, Schumacher racing guys. They make some tools and different things as well. Well, they actually happen to make some nice battery chargers as well. I bought the DSR-131. It's a 250-amp charger uh, on the boost side of it. And it'll actually do – it's a smart charger, so it will do uh, whatever. It'll do maintaining. It will charge up. It will do uh, AGM batteries. So whatever you want to do, it'll do it all. And that's exactly the one I bought, Steve, right really? that you're looking at. So Steve just pulled it up on the Napa site. <laughs> you can buy that from Napa, and there you go. So no, it's all sold right to 179 bucks. Yeah. So Awesome. All right, Mike in Masonville is next. Mike, go ahead. So, uh, good morning. I'm listening. Got to help you out on the batteries just a little bit. And I'm the guy who said you got to get somebody from East Penn battery before winter comes and talk to us about batteries. They okay. help us all. But here's just a little tip for the – everybody should know should, – this, this applies to all the batteries out there. If you look at – and I took care of batteries for our company, so – Generally, you don't ever want your battery to go below 10.2 volts on a 12-volt battery. It doesn't matter what kind it is. You, a couple tenths here and there doesn't matter that much. And even if you leave the headlights on and, and with your voltmeter and watch until it drops down to around 10.2, that, that's probably where you want to do your testing at if you're going to do a test. Okay. Because... Even when the battery is up around 11.5 or 12 or 12.5, when you crank the engine and you record the low voltage on your battery, uh, the battery is considered, quote-unquote, good, even if the battery voltage drops to 9.0 when you're cranking. And you guys probably all know that, you know, Mm -hmm. just a kind of refresher. But for all the guys that are out there that... You can take a new battery and you can run it. When you run it down to where there's only like two or one or zero volts on there, you can only. And so we, you broke up there, Mike. Say it one more time. You can only what? You can only do that a number of times. Correct. Before the battery will actually not charge up anymore. One of the cells will be damaged. Correct. And that's where. 
I don't. That's know why you want to keep a maintainer on them and just not even get down to the ten two. Really, I mean, you want to keep it at that exactly. you know twelve eight or so all the time is what you want to do. Yeah, you want it. Yeah, you don't. You always and so yeah, the fully charged battery without even any maintainer on it and everything will rest around twelve point seven to twelve point eight, and that's still quote unquote that's your normal full Correct. charge battery. So um, the other thing. Here's something I've never heard anybody talk about. If you leave your Tesla parked out on the parking lot uh-huh. all day long in the sun, uh, uh, you gotta. There's got to be somehow their air conditioning has to impact how your range on your vehicle. It also. does. It sure does. No, a, so my Bolt is the same way, Mike. The you know what it takes to run whether you're running the heater in the winter time and all of those accessories defrosters and so on or whether you're in the summertime running the ac yes your range will be affected by the accessories that you're running at any given time that is correct so here's my other question and i i'm old enough i'll probably never invent this but because i love physics when you have wind blowing on your windshield and so you're driving down the road at 60 or 65 miles an hour and it's 90 degrees outside, the outside surface temperature on your glass is going to be absorbing that 90-degree heat. And on the inside of your Tesla or EV, any EV, your glass is hotter on the outside, cooler on the inside, but you're losing a lot of energy in there just trying to keep that car cool. And so it seems crazy. Nobody's even talked about making insulating glass. There, there is. Windshield. There, there already is, oh, Mike. Yes. There, the glass today, all glass today, especially windshields, have a UV protectant where it's not letting that UV come in like it once did. So all newer vehicles, especially, will have. And I could get the Novus guys on here in the next few weeks and talk more about that. But the, yeah, there is already a UV blocker built into windshields and even a lot of side glass today. Wow, they're already doing that. You're breaking up again, Mike. Say that again. You would think some would, or like a, instead of a single pane window, a double pane window. It or already, windshields window. already are. You know, as you as you know, a windshield's a safety glass already. So it's it's already got a piece of of you know it's got a layer of plastic if you would in between the two layers so it's already a technically i guess you could say a two-pane glass if you would and it's a sound barrier as well as a safety barrier and so on and that's where they're putting the uv end of it is in that plastic and a lot of front windows now driver and passenger are made the same way so then all the uv guys and thank you that makes sense all the EV guys then should be parked. They should be looking for shade in the summertime whenever they can, and then they should be parking it out in the sun in the wintertime whenever they can. Correct. Yeah, they should be. They should be trying to use the natural uh, solar power. I guess you could say in that case, Mike, of either cooling the inside or heating the outside. And, and by the way, the same is true for an ICE vehicle. I mean, anytime you don't have to use as much energy, you know, e- even electricity, fuel economy, and so on, it's not as big of an impact on on a nice engine as it would be the EVs. But, I mean, just comfort-wise, Mike, I would be doing that. If you can park in shade, park in shade in the summer. If you can park in the sun in the winter, then do so. It just makes everything more comfortable. 
Yeah, uh, I'm with you 100. But, but on EV, on a to your point, on EV especially, you would save your range if you did that. Most definitely. Yes. Well, I'll let you go. No, good, good points, Mike. Talk- no, I appreciate that. Yeah, spot on. And yes, on an EV, you, you you should be thinking even more so than an ICE engine. Although, I'm sorry to say, and I think uh, Charlie could attest to this down here at our station. Um, I watch people and how they park and where they park and what they do to get in and out of a parking lot. And uh, it, it weighed as much as I would fully agree with you. Good luck with that. That's all I'm going to say. Good luck with that. Dallas, you're next. Oh, good morning. How are we doing, sir? I have a 2005 Ford Exploder. That's <laughs> what you called it last time I called, so that's what we're calling it. <laughs> I... It's died on me twice while I'm driving at very average speeds in the last month. I'm leaving Denver next Thursday, a blessed day. And <clears throat> I took it to my shop to have the oil changed, and I told him, I said, look for some codes on this thing. It's died on me twice for no apparent reason. They looked it over and said, we can't find any codes on it. But the mechanic who worked on it said, next time it dies... And I had looked at the dash, and all I saw when I turned off the, the ignition was check gauge and service engine soon. But he said, look at your gauges on your battery and your oil, the, the real gauges. And he said, it may be something flaky in the ignition switch. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Can't, can't argue that at all. Oh, so I asked a closed-ended question. That's always a bad thing. <laughs> Uh, could very, you know, he, he, they could very well be on to, I mean, they're trying to figure out more diagnostics in that and letting, you know, having you give them more feedback. And it, what they're saying is if you notice a drop in those things, yeah, the switch itself could be intermittently bad. Yeah, well, it's a troublesome thing to have your car die on you. Oh, yeah. it's awful. I mean, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. And nothing more difficult to fix is the intermittent problem, though. That for for the technician side too. How do you find it? What do you, you know? Where do you go? Yeah, you know, inter- I was a technician in the TV industry, and intermittent problems are always the ones that yeah. drive you crazy. Yep. Yeah. All right, that was it, fellas. All right. Thanks, Dallas. Appreciate it very much. Three zero three four seven seven five six zero zero. Questions, comments, whatever you've got going on, please let us know. Uh, Steve and I will do our best to uh, answer all of those. You can text us a question as well. Three zero seven two hundred. 8222 Somebody said that they think a capacitor, this is a text message, will start a car but not charge the battery. Yeah, that's very true. It'll just start it, and if you've had other issues, let's say, for example, the battery's dead because your charging system went out, that capacitor's, it may get the car started again, but it won't stay running if you've got another electrical problem. Great point, by the way, and, and I think they're also correct. You're only going to get one, you know, one or two shots at getting that thing fired up. And, again, I... I've not used one of those, so these are sort of a new uh, quote-unquote invention in that kind of jump pack world, and it'll be interesting to see how they work. I, I don't, I, I don't want to say anything good, bad, or otherwise, because I just don't have any experience with it at that sure. point to know what to do. Sure. Do you remember the old batteries they had that had the two batteries in one? You could turn a switch, and basically yep. the same. It's kind of the same idea. Same ideas about what we're trying it to was, do. And, and for what Steve's saying is this was built into the battery. Yeah. Now, 
They didn't work super. They didn't last long. Well, yeah. Why? Yeah. What was the? Why didn't they? I, I forgot about those till you just said that. It was funny when you turn that little button. You'd, you'd open the hood, go up to the battery itself. There was a little switch on the battery itself, and you'd click, you know, kick that in. And theoretically, there was a couple of other cells that that were behind it. Yeah, that, kind that, of not being used or or weren't engaged, I guess. And by clicking that or turning that switch, yeah. you'd engage those. I don't remember if those things ever worked for for beans. For beans. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. Well, they were more expensive too. And I, yeah, yeah, that's so, true. You know, somebody didn't want us paying the extra I, I for, money. Thank you. I <laughs> forgot all about that. But so I, I did kind of want to change the subject a little bit on the uh, on the weather this week with all the hail damage. Okay. And, so, you know, we were talking a little bit out there and, and just you know where you were or what happened when you got hit. And, Good point. And okay. how many people got we got hail at the shop, but luckily it wasn't enough to hurt anybody's car. And I wrote that down. We I want to I wanted to talk about some of the hail stuff as well. So Steve's reminding me. All right, so we'll do that as soon as we come back. If you got any questions or even comments along those lines, maybe you are in one of the storms, let us know. We'll talk about that as soon as we come back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Gino's Auto Service in Littleton is celebrating 40 years in business. This month, get a $50 Napa prepaid Visa card with a qualifying Napa brake purchase of $250 or more. Have you had your brakes checked recently? At Geno's, we recommend checking them every 5,000 miles. Stop in this month and we'll check your brakes for free. Should you need brakes, now is the time to take advantage of Geno's anniversary Napa brake special. For 40 years, Geno's Auto Service has been serving Littleton and customers along the front range. As members of Colorado Select Auto Care, we back up our work with Napa's nationwide, peace of mind, 36-month, 36,000-mile warranty. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Don't forget to check out all our Geno's Google reviews for a good snapshot of our business. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. We're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses. 
will look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right, since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Steve Horvath from Geno's Auto Service, myself, and we are going to talk a little bit about hail and, and that end of things as well. I had it on my list today anyways, given the storms we had this past week and what have you. So, yeah, if you've got any questions or comments on that, please let us know. Also, a little PSA. Charlie reminded me, and I should have said this during the week on the other program. You know, Probably most of my listeners, this is not really applicable to you, but you should share this among others. Never, ever, ever drive through water that you don't know the depth of. Charlie was saying there was two or three vehicles this week pulled out where they had to go in with firefighters and rescue people because they drove through standing water that got too deep. And the other thing about that is not only do you become a hazard to others and now we've got to go rescue you and so on, the damage done to your vehicle, which most people don't even think about, if water sucks into the engine and it hydrolocks, which it can do, your motor's gone, toast, done. You're, you're not fixing that. So most people don't even realize that, that, you know, they drive in, then the car stalls. Well, the reason it stalled is because it ingested water. And when that happens, the, the unit is, you know, the engine is usually toast at that point. So not only are you now a burden to everybody else trying to come and rescue you, you've got big repair bills that may or may not be covered under insurance. So don't be stupid. Don't drive through water that you don't know the depth of. If you're in a high you know, profile vehicle and there's a lot of clearance and so on, well, that may be one thing, but even then you got to go very, very slow. And again, you really need to know the depth of the water prior to driving through it. Otherwise, just stay out of it. Wayne in Castle Rock, you're next. Good morning. Hey, Wayne. Um, John, John, I got a question for you. I yes. had um, some hail damage to my Suburban that I purchased about a year ago. Okay. And took it into uh, one of the auto body shops here in Castle Rock and got a um, estimate of about $9,500, and the insurance company insisted that I go to their uh, uh, estimator, and he came up with about $5,000. Yeah, we don't, we don't, number one, we don't do that because we don't let the insurance company, when it comes to hail damage, you have the ability to either go get it fixed uh, with PDR, paintless dent removal, or you can go have it fixed at a collision center where they, re, you know, in fix, replace panels, and however you want to do that. I am a big fan of the paintless dent removal if it, in fact, can be done. And believe it or not, they can do a lot more than people think they can, and especially when it comes to hail damage and keeping the original paint on the car. If the paint is in good condition and you can do that, I'm always a fan of that. Now, if the paint's not great and you're looking at, hey, well, while I'm at it, let's go ahead and paint the car and so on, well, that's a whole different discussion, Wayne. At that point, yeah, go to a collision center and do that. I appreciate that, but that's not my question. Um, 
my question is, I'm probably not going to have it repaired. Okay. Um, I, I've had a headlight that got busted out, which I've already replaced, and the antenna up on top is broken, so I, I have that ordered. Um, but uh, how do I get full compensation for the damage that's done? Because they say that as long as I have it repaired, they will allow the, the body shop to supplement, and they'll pay the entirety of the damage. But if I'm not going to get it repaired, that's all they're going to pay. Interesting. Yeah, that, and that's such a – I guess we would go for a third estimate. And, and okay. you know, I, I mean, I hate to send, have you do more work, but, it, you know, you, you got to get to somebody else that says, you know, if they say you have two at 9,000 and one at five, then – Then know, you got to get them at the nine. Yeah, you got to get yeah. – you know, then you can prove to them. Correct. Is that, a, is that a time where I have to hire an attorney to address this, or is this Maybe. something I can do myself? No, I mean, I would try myself first because, you know, again, an attorney is going to have a cost. Typically, that will come out of the, the claim, and they will typically get you more money than what you would normally. This is also where you can get a public adjuster, Wayne, to help you. You don't necessarily need an attorney. A public adjuster would help you with this more than anything. Ah, okay. Where do I find a public adjuster? If you email me, I'll send you him. He's a good guy. Good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Send me that. But, yeah, this is really where a public adjuster comes in more handy. And, frankly, at this point, Wayne, I don't know that I'd even go get a third estimate. The public adjuster will help you with that third estimate handling all of that. Oh, I see. So he would be real independent. That's exactly right. And he he has on your behalf now the authority to work for you with your insurance company because you sign a form with him or he's now going to the insurance company you're not. Right, right, and I'm sure they generate enough additional. Oh, by um, far. Oh, yes, they do. Pay their fee. Most they, definitely, they, they, they do. They pay for themselves. They, right? they'll most definitely, <laughs> especially on big claims, they most definitely do. All right. Well, I appreciate appreciate it very much, John. I'll send you an email. You're very welcome, Wayne. Send me that, and I need to try to get him to, especially now, be an advertiser. So I will actually work on that because that would that would work well for him. Wayne Littleton, you're next. Hey, John. Hope your Saturday's going well. Doing well, Wade. How are you, sir? Wonderful. Hey, so I have uh, some sort of bizarre questions. Okay. I'm working on this uh, 1970 Camaro. Oh, okay. It's, it's more or less a drag car. Okay. Uh, it's a 454 with a blower, okay. which I can't identify, which is one of my questions. Is uh, Send me a picture. It, it I'll stamped, help you with that. It, Okay, I, I can I can do that later today. It it's stamped B and M and yep, it's, it's a B and M blower. Then that's an easy one. They they're the ones that made the blower back in the day. They did that a lot back in the day. Yeah, I, I mean it's a roots yep. style uh-huh, double, sure is. double carburetor. Yep. Um, okay, well that that aside, that was very popular back in the, in the day. By the way. Yes. Yeah. I I, I believe it is older. Uh, have no idea. <laughs> uh, that is probably from memory because BNN got bought out, and you know they kind of got absorbed back in the day. Um, I think Wheeland also. I think it's the same. Could case very well be. I'm, I'm having to stretch my memory a little bit, way, but you're probably not far off on that. And that probably is 90s or so at the newest. I'm guessing. I will I, I will send you a picture. Um, okay, different question. Um, so I, I and really quick, do you know if it's an eight seventy one or six seventy one, or can you tell? I I can't tell. I know okay. it's a seventy one series. Yeah. Um, 
So again, if um, and, you send me a picture, I can tell you if it's a six seven or, or you know, six eight or ten. I, I believe it's a ten seventy one. Okay, but, if you send me a picture, I can tell you. Okay. Well, uh, I thought you can't tell unless you take it apart. No, yeah, those you could tell by the by the spacing and how long the blower is. I can get. A, I mean, if I see it, I can pretty much tell you. Okay. Great. Uh, so. Send a photo. Just send to me a photo your, uh, to my email or the text line. Either way, wait. Either one okay. works. Doesn't matter. Okay. So, so the, here, here's the other weird question. So, I, I believe that the front end was damaged by pulling wheelies. Okay. <laughs> um, so I've replaced the steering box, pivot arm, the center link, tie rods, all of it replaced. Okay. So it steers well okay. right now, um, but now uh, the brakes are bad. So I have rotors, and uh, I'll do the wheel bearings, bought all of that. But what my question is, is uh, the front wheel studs. So you know on, on, on drag cars, they, have to be longer. they, they require right. that, yeah, you can see threads. That's correct. They have to come through the yeah. nut. They, you can't have an enclosed nut. They have to come through the nut and be longer and stronger. Exactly. Yes. So what I'm wondering is, I've never seen that on the front wheels. Uh, this car does have that. So yeah, that was that was also a common thing back in the day. A lot of guys would do studs front and rear. Uh, and I'm again, I'm doing a lot of this from memory from my old uh, racing days, Wade. But I. I think there even was an NHRA rule at one time and may still be the case where it had to be all four wheels. Oh, okay. So I, hey, I'm doing that from memory, so I'm, I apologize. I don't have that right in front of me, you know, uh, you know, technically speaking, but I think they had to be all four wheels. Nope. No worries. So, so my question is, so with the, these new rotors, um, they have the studs already installed. Can I push those out mm-hmm. and then use these existing studs and put those into the new rotor? Maybe. Oh, really? Depends I mean, on. Yeah, I, depends I on. A, I mean, I typically you don't reuse studs, so it depends on how hard they press in to the rotors. If you can get the old ones out and they will press in, you know, with the right pressure into the into the new rotors, possibly. I. Typically, in that would buy new studs, but his is okay. already coming with it. Well, yeah, the new yeah, rotors already. Oh, has, you, so. You're just talking about putting the longer ones back in yeah. it, right? It, yes, and well, and so maybe maybe the, the new rotors do have studs installed. Um, are, are you going to drag it? Maybe again? I just put different lug nuts on it because I I, I I don't know if it's required. Um, are you going to race it, or are you just going to use it for a street car? Or what are you doing? Oh, it's for sale. <laughs> um, if you're just selling it, I probably would just put, you know, you could either put the same nuts back on. It doesn't matter that they're a little bit shorter, or you could put a cap lug nut on it, whatever you want to do, Wade. Okay. I wouldn't change them out of those rotors if you're just going to go sell the car. Yeah, yeah, it's for sale. Yeah, we're, we're uh, uh, a competitor with uh, one of those people's. Have was it worldwide vintage? Yes, advertises on your show. Yeah, uh, so my my dad started before them. Got it. Um, so we're, we're one of their competitors. Gotcha. So you, but you're just going to sell the car, is what you're doing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You sure. want to buy it? 
<laughs> you know, I had one of those back in the day, not with a blower on it, but with a big block that I raced up at Bandemir. It's a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm fond of those cars. Um, although if I was going to buy one, I'd probably buy one more for the originality side of it than to go race. Yeah, yeah, yeah this one's uh, sort of outside of what yeah. my dad would normally deal yeah. with. But, yeah. uh, but I... I mean, they're fun cars. I mean, I mean, it'll, it'll make a great car for somebody. They they were a blast to have. Oh yeah, uh, it's about no eleven hundred horsepower. Oh yeah, no, they're a blast. Oh, here's another question. Um, the it also seems like the 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 frame has been torqued. Well, I yep. think doing those wheelies. That's the first thing I was going to ask. A unibody car with just a subframe front, and, and that's really all. There's not even a subframe in the back, as you know, Wade. It's a unibody yeah. car, so. Um, you'd have to look. I mean, that's where somebody with an alignment machine could probably look at that and really see, you know, what's the thrust angles like? Is it off? And that would probably be worth looking at. Well, what would you think for a simple solution? Um, like, I, I'm halfway tempted to put, like, a spring compressor on the front left. Uh, I know that's not a good solution. Yeah, I wouldn't do but... that. Especially if you're going to sell the car, I wouldn't do that. Oh, this car has just been a disaster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. I mean, it's if, like you did, if you did anything, I would probably have, which you could have coils made, I would probably have one coil made a little different height than the other and do it that way as opposed to compressing one spring. Or it, it, I, I, I guess uh, an alignment shop, if they have a frame rack, can they... Can yes. they actually bend the whole? Sure. Frame? Yes, they can bend. The, they sure. can bend the subframe. Yes. Yeah. Sure I, I mean, I know of a shop that could, you know, that yeah. could put it on their their frame machine and and uh, adjust it. A lot of body order. shops even have the ability to do yeah. that, Wade. Yeah. I mean, body shop. Yeah. That might be more of a body shop. You need on a frame, the frame. Yeah. You need yeah. you need a frame machine frame is what guy. you need. That's yeah. right. But okay. But yes, they can tweak that back into shape. Typically, yes. Not not uncommon, by the way, with cars that have been damaged or wrecked or what have you. Right. But Great. it is it is a pretty good costly thing because it's quite a bit of time for them to set it up oh, on yeah. their machine and, and line everything up. And it's not a quick snap I mean, and go. I mean, Wade, you didn't hear it this you didn't hear this from me, but the way you used to do it back in the old days is you have a cutting torch and you just cut a certain amount of the coil <laughs> off and away you go. But you didn't oh, hear yeah. that here. <laughs> oh, I, I, I've also used uh, you know uh, just a uh, uh, blowtorch and uh, uh-huh. you know uh, that was how the, yeah, a lot of the guys back in the day lowered cars doing that. I am not saying that's the way to do it, but a lot of guys back in the day did that. Oh, I, I've done that. On they, they, they take the load this, off the I, wheel, they get the torch out, heat it up, let the light <laughs> weight back down, and once it settled where they wanted, they let it cool. And I'm not saying you should do that, but they did a lot of that back in the day. <laughs> the, the the tricky part about that is you don't it's like you get impatient and uh i know you end up going too far that's right that's right <laughs> so i've i've learned that but anyway thank you no uh, you're welcome you know, I, hey I, I i wrote down uh one other question sure um i'm trying to identify the transmission in it also oh, okay i think it's a power glide it's only shifting one Probably a power glide. So that was another common way to do those back then. Is probably a built power glide. And it, it was definitely built to be. You got a trans brake and stuff on it, Wade. 
Yes. It's probably uh, a power glide. A line, line lock yeah. and yeah. translate. Yeah, it's probably uh, a power. And you can look underneath. I mean, power glides are not super big. They're fairly, fairly compact. You can look at the pan configuration to see if it's a power glide, but they're not super long, and there's a huge difference between a power glide and a turbo 350, turbo 400, which they also would have used back then, but power glide's not very big. So if it's looking fairly small, long tail shaft, it's a power glide. Okay, yeah, I I, I haven't, I will look at that. Okay, and that'll kind of tell you, and again, you take me a picture, you know, send me a picture, I can tell you. Yes, I will. I, you said uh, your text number. Text line. You can you can send me pictures there. So, well, that's easy. Sure, whatever works. Or uh, can I send it to you on Facebook? E- email's fine too. Or you, well, no, I don't use Facebook that much. So just either text line or email it to me. One of the two. Okay. Okay. Right. I will. All, All right, right, Wade. Appreciate you very you much. For- Thanks, uh, Warren. Hang tight. I'll take you as soon as we come back. Don't go anywhere. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. Well, it's finally here. The heat. As temperatures heat up, we ask more and more from our cars. Sitting in traffic, running the air conditioner, and keeping the engine cool can really take its toll in the heat of the summer. As the coolant in your car ages, it begins to lose its reserve alkalinity and can become corrosive, causing significant damage to engine components. Additionally, as the coolant breaks down, it will begin to foam. That foam causes the coolant to have a decreased ability to transfer heat from the engine. And as engine temperatures increase, vehicle performance decreases. A loss of fuel economy and inadequate climate control functions can quickly become an unpleasant reality. So, what should you do? We recommend that you check the coolant in your vehicle every year for freeze protection and pH level. It is important to replace the coolant in your vehicle prior to the point of failure. Most repair shops will have sophisticated equipment that will introduce a cleaner to the cooling system to remove harmful deposits and infuse new coolant to protect your engine. Make sure your new coolant contains the BG Supercool cooling system conditioner to maximize the life and protection of the new coolant and help your car stay healthy and cool in those hot dog days of summer. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie. We'll talk to you again next week. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. 
Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, we are back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Warren, what is going on, sir? Got the day to you, brother. Hey, same to you. How is Wyoming today? <laughs> it's nice. Good. It's nice here, too, so finally, we're, uh, we're going to enjoy it. Yeah, I have no issues on the trucks. Both units, they drive like new. You know uh, what that's called? What? Good maintenance. That's Good a fact. There you go. That's a fact. I'm still trying to sell the well truck, brother. Still have it, huh? I do. And uh, that Ford is just a, a really good, reliable unit. Surprised you haven't sold that yet, honestly. You know, no money. Yeah. You know, that's a truck, by the way, Warren. The guys at Worldwide Autos would probably sell for you. That's kind of a unique vehicle, and that is right up their alley. I'm sure they would sell that for you without any trouble at all. You know, I'll probably give them a call in the future, John. But this thing, it's a 460 89 Ford, five-speed, with updates on it more than Carter's got pills. Uh, that again that's a vehicle they could take and sell all day long because it's very unique and fits a niche and they would sell that in a heartbeat warren you know it's uh it's a five-speed 460 it's got ninety-seven thousand original miles with uh backup cam bluetooth three-speed fan i've had all the the uh, the heat fan I had a booster put on it because the old yep. Fords were right. kind of crap. Right. No, I mean that yeah. that whole truck, Warren, and I've I've seen you know I've, I've I know you well enough to know that vehicle that that would be right in their niche of selling things. That'd be that'd be a great vehicle for them to sell. <laughs> well, I'll give them all. Yeah, because it it fits but, a niche uh, that not you know, and I think that's part of why you haven't sold it yet is you just haven't just found the right you know. The right niche, the right guy, but the right guy would buy that in a heartbeat. You know, it's a really uh, reliable unit, and uh, I spent two years putting this together. Yep, I know you did. And before I retired, right? I couldn't find any dad gum help the last three years. Yeah, that's and an I issue. Just... <laughs> that is an issue, well, as you know. You do a you do a good job. On well, thanks, Warren. Trade. Appreciate it. And uh, you guys just have a uh, good Independence Day. We will, Warren. You too, man. Yeah. Thank you very much. Love you, Warren. Appreciate all that you do and just staying faithful 
to us. And yeah, those guys will help you. And those of you listening, if you have an older vehicle, something unique, I said it when I was out there at the remote at Worldwide Auto, something that you would not normally trade into a dealership is where they come in. So it doesn't have to be an old classic car. It could be even like Warren was talking with that particular truck. Those are the vehicles that they'll take, sell, help you with, and so on. So Worldwide Vintage Autos, find them right on the website, drive-radio.com. Eldon, you're next. Hey, John, how you doing? I'm good, sir. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, weather's looking good here in Larchburg. Oh, it's awesome. We'll take it. I love I love listening to your radio show here on Saturdays. You guys started talking about these uh, capacitor uh, jump starters. Yeah, which I know very little about, Eldon, so clue us in here. Well, I know a little bit about the one that came from Russia. The Russia used these in the, in the, during World War II all the way up until the 60s. Okay. Uh, they used them in Siberia to, uh, to help start your vehicles. Okay. And I was fortunate at one time to uh, see one, work on one, and try to use one. But anyway, I just I give people a little history about uh, uh, that technology has been around. Of course, the capacitors back then were much larger than they are now. They're super capacitors now. But anyway, I just I give you a little history about what I knew about those. There's kind of an interesting story about those but huh. then i had another point now you you were just talking to the gentleman about unique vehicles i have a uh, i have a unique vehicle that i'd like to sell but i do i need do they need to have the vehicle at their at their facility yes they do uh, worldwide you mean yeah yes. i have a 92 uh 92 zr1 uh, with the lotus motor on it <clears throat> that's got uh 38,000 miles uh, send me pictures. I might actually buy that instead, Eldon. It's, it's on Craigslist right now. Oh, send me send me the link. That, that's actually a car I'd probably be interested in. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, those are yeah, as you know, those are kind of up and coming. I mean, they're they're gaining value as we speak. I think they're going to be worth more on down the road. Why Why are you wanting to get rid of it? Well, I've I've had it for about eighteen years, and uh, I showed the car. They're so unique. That they are. Oh, I did. I, I just showed the car. Another thing about the car, it's yellow. And in, in 92, they made 502 ZR1. Out of that, 26 of them were yellow. And I have one of the yellow ones. It's all original uh, paint box. Interesting. The, the tires, I don't have the original tires and wheels. But anyway, I can send you a link to that. Um, yeah, do so. I mean, again, that's a car that, that yeah, I mean, I you know, as you know, I collect some some cars it has to be the right car for me to be you know interested in it but yeah that's one that i would i would definitely take a serious look at. and then if not they they for sure would be would be willing to help you on it as well eldon one way or the other you know between the two of us we can help you out now the reason you asked me why i'm selling it well america there's no law against on how many toys you got and i just have too many toys <laughs> well i know that feeling as well eldon I, I as you know i sold a bunch towards the end of last year so i i, I know that feeling you know and it's a beautiful car it's in garage actually it's on it's, it's on a on a hoist sitting up in the air but uh you know and you, you service them and they all need service and it just bothers the heck out of me that you know that it's just yeah it's what, and what year was it again the 92. 92, okay. It's the first year that they put the traction, the traction well, not traction, called the traction suspension on where you could change the suspension. Oh, got it. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that. Right. So, anyway, um, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of why I'm selling it. And, of course, grandkids are, uh, 
taking a lot of time now. Um, yeah, I, I know that feeling as well. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing, actually. Well, anyway, that, that's why I'm, why I'm selling it. So, anyway, I can, uh, as I said, it's on Craigslist. Uh, just look up ZR1. Um, and it, it comes right up. But okay, I will. I will do that. If you think about it, you know, it helps me as a reminder. You know, because I, as you know, I go through a lot of things sure. on air. Uh, send me a send me a link, and I'll I'll definitely look at it. And, and then send me your info and stuff. We can get back and forth together on. I'd be happy to. Sure, sure. Good time, you. You too, Eldon. Appreciate that very much. And uh, Jeff, actually, you know, Jeff, hang tight. I want to give you plenty of time. Uh, give me a second. We'll come right back. Take your full call. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy. And make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you.
All right, we are back. Myself, and we've got, of course, Charlie Grimes, our engineer, Larry Younger, and, of course, uh, Steve Horvath, Gino's Auto Service, with us as well from over in the Littleton area, which we appreciate very much. Jeff, though, in Steamboat Springs, what's up, sir? Hey, what a beautiful day, huh? Awesome, awesome, awesome. I have to just comment on uh, the weather's on Thursday. I, I drove from here down to uh, Fountain to the Pikes Peak Oh, you know what? Th- by the way, Jeff, thank you for mentioning that. That's going on all weekend. I was going to say that anyways, so, so thank you for saying that. Also, there's a huge car show. The uh, National Hot Rod Association, or Street Rod Association, I should say, has their big car show this weekend in Pueblo at the fairgrounds as well. So thanks for that, Jeff. I forgot all about that. Yeah, the climb, there were a bunch of teams testing, you know, and practicing. And uh, a big one from Austria, some uh, Ford-backed, they're transit vans that they've got all. You can't mm. hardly tell us the transit van. It's going to be good. Um, but anyway, I drove through some weather. I've never been in a hurricane, but that's got to be the closest thing to it. On I twenty five, when that tornado it was pretty wild. We were. I was. At, I was on oh. air at that time, looking out to the southwest. Here, you know, Charlie and I both were, and it looked pretty hairy. Yeah, yeah. That's it was. These last few days down there were uh, were hairy, but I had to also. Thank Steve again for taking such good care of my wife's car. Never oh. run this good. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good. Great job. But uh, I'm going to text you something. Maybe one of you, either one of you guys might be able to help me with a location for this uh, spot we're doing. And uh, But I'll text you. The, okay. Uh, sure. No, oh, be happy to. You know, yeah. you know me. I'll help however I can, Jeff. You bet. I know. You're the best. Um, well, have a great weekend. We will. And I'm going to be in Cheyenne. It was good to hear from Warren. I ah, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to be in Cheyenne for a few days next week, too. So, anyway, have a great weekend. Thanks uh, again, and I'll talk to you some other time. You're very welcome, Jeff. Thanks a lot, as Thank always. You. We appreciate it very much and very kind words. And, uh, you know, Jeff, it's funny. We have a lot of listeners from all over. Jeff, of course, listens to us typically up in in Steamboat, but, you know, we've got folks literally from all over the country now that listen to us, so thanks to each and every one of you for doing that. Uh, that means a lot to us, trust me, and even even Jeff, who's in Steamboat Springs, still drives all the all way, way down, down to Steve <laughs> at Geno's. If that tells you anything about what Geno's does as far as their service work is concerned, he drives all the way down to to do that, so. It's it's surprising. It makes me feel good, uh, you know, that we have these customers. We have a customer out of Greeley that comes couple three times a month and you know visits her daughter and leaves her car to work on them for the day and <laughs> that is really awesome so. uh okay so i had a couple of text messages on the whole hail situation and wayne asked some really good questions along those lines so thank you somebody else asked is it okay in doing the pdr so pdr for everybody listening that's paintless dent removal that's what pdr stands for now you're going to hear a lot of people talk about pdr it's kind of the acronym it's what everybody uses very few people spell out paintless dent removal it's become such a common uh, acronym now that it's just pdr so a lot of folks would say well is pdr okay to do absolutely if you've got good paint on the car and they look at it as a you know professional, not some fly-by-night guy that just got his toolkit, but somebody's been doing this for a while, and you can always look up the reviews to see if somebody's really good or not. Uh, but if they're really good at it, they can literally take out even dents on corners. And what I mean by that is you get a, a, a dent in you know a high spot on a edge of a fender, door, hood, whatever the case may be, 
a good PDR person can take that out and still keep the edge intact. In other words, you look at it and you'll never know there was anything there. A good PDR person. They have got a way of massaging the underneath and the above part, depending upon the dent, where it's at, what access they have, and so on. Which leads me to the question. Somebody said, would you still do that if it meant they had to drop the headliner? Absolutely. Headliner can come up and down pretty easily. It's just some trim pieces, and they're not... How should I say this? Headliners are a form fit to a big board. Mm -hmm. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's like a big board they put the headliner on that actually fits up and down. It's, It's not... Like the old days where you had the bows and the headliner was sewed onto the bows and so on. It's not that way anymore. These are just one big, huge piece of fabric attached to a thin board. That's probably the best way for me to say it. That then fits up in and the trim pieces go around and hold the headliner in. And it's not as technical as you think. And that's why they're going to say, well, if we need to get to the underside of the roof, let's just drop the headliner and do so. Absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. Knock your socks off if that's what you have to. And again, they've done enough of that to know what tools to use, how to get the pieces off, you know, get the pieces off the A pillar, B pillars and all that. They can drop a headliner down typically in about 10 minutes. So it's not a huge thing to do. Uh, They'll usually even leave some of the wiring and stuff intact. They're just trying to get up in there to maneuver around their tooling so they can get a better job of that dent that's up on the roof. And if they're willing to do that and they can, awesome. I, I have. I would have no problem. I would prefer, if I'm a car owner, to have them drop the headliner and fix a dent as opposed to paint. I am one of these people that if I can leave the factory finish on the car, I mean, even the old truck I own from the guys up in Nova Sterling, so Kent sold me his old truck, the, the old 04 Dodge I drive, my old, you know, I use it as a plow truck and so on, but I've got that thing all nice and fixed up. It still has the original white paint from 04. And I've even had some PDR done on it because I didn't want to paint things and so on. And I even had some PDR work done on that truck. And it looks like a million bucks. The paint is all original. But I'm just one of those guys that if I don't have to mess with the factory paint, I'm not going to. There are some exceptions, like I said earlier to Wayne, where if you're looking to paint the vehicle or do whatever, then then fine. And Wayne, I love you, but I wouldn't drive a dented car. So you're different than me. If it was hail dented and looks like a ball peen hammer got took to it, I'm fixing it. I, I'm not driving that car. That's just me. I'm, I'm that guy. And Charlie laughs at me all the time because he just knows I'm that guy. I'm not driving a dented vehicle. So I'm fixing whatever, but I'm going to fix it without touching the paint if I, if I can avoid it. Now, if you have to do some paint work, and sometimes you do, there's good guys out there, good good collision centers out there that can make all of that happen. But I'm one of those guys where if I don't have to touch the factory paint and I can leave it alone, I'm going to. That's just my theory, Steve. I like I, it's kind of sealed, you know. I, I like the and they. Well, I shouldn't say it that way, but I, the the original paint is just it's put tough on to match. Yes. It's, as far as quality and durability and all of that, and I know some of the paint guys will say, no, 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 that's not true. Well, my personal experience is it actually is true. It's hard to duplicate what the factory did originally when it came to the paint and how they did all of that. So, Mike, I'll try to squeeze your question in here. If I have to go a little longer, I'll hold you over the top of the hour, but let's get started, Mike. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, I've heard various reasons manufacturers don't want to keep carrying AM radio in electric vehicles. The first one I ever heard was due to electromagnetic interference. 
And, and there that, is some of that. There, there is some truth to that. Uh, and I do think some of the manufacturers just do a better job of of eradicating that than others. And there's a cost to doing that. So keep in mind, just because they they say that's a problem doesn't mean the problem can't be resolved. My theory, Mike, is it's just a matter of whether they want to spend the money and put that technology into the car or not. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, that was the only legitimate sounding reason I ever heard anything else was like, eh, we just, you know, we don't care. Uh, but I remember an issue. It was not widespread, but uh, I, don't, I don't know when it began and where it ended. Some model of cars, uh, I had a Honda Civic CRX back in the 1980s, had this problem, had that uh, uh, alternator, whiner, similar interference on the radio mm-hmm. problem. And, yeah, they sold uh, chokeholds. Um, Simple things, mm-hmm. and and, it, it, and typically uh, it was it was simple enough of a fix for the manufacturer to move the antenna cable further away from the mm-hmm. engine compartment. Mm-hmm. Because it, it was, was you know, well, the, and, yeah, and I got more. Go. I've got more on that. Mike, hang tight. Let's keep talking about that as soon as okay. we come back. Top of the hour. Hang tight. We'll come back and talk a little bit more about the whole AM radio end of things. There's a lot of I think misconceptions when it comes to that. And I think even some politics that might be involved, but we'll talk about that as soon as we come back. Uh, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.